1: We have spent uh, time the last couple of days discussing the beginning of a multi-part series at cbsports.com based uh, off of an anonymous survey given to college football coaches. The first installment uh, was about the perceived level of cheating around the country. And here comes Dennis Dodd from Cbsports.com to join us to break it all down.
2: Snitch!
1: <laughs> There's Brian. Hey Dennis, how are
3: you? I, I'm i good. I knew I'd hear that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the wake-up call. I knew
2: it. <laughs> Dennis, I'm going to see you Monday, right? We have some shows to, to yeah. put in the can over yeah, at CBS Sports know. Network? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, as, as far as, uh, you know, these coaches who were speaking off the cuff, off the record, uh, how prevalent do they think cheating still is in college football? Because I'm not surprised whatsoever.
3: Yeah. No, The the – the overarching numbers said that uh, 57% thought that uh, it was 10% or less of schools really cheat. Uh, the major stuff, you know, we stress that. Don't talk about secondary violations. This mm-hmm. is Ole Miss level stuff, um, and and so most of them don't think it goes on much. But the examples that we got were amazing. Um, there's, <laughs> there's a coach out there who swears that this is 25 or 30 years ago, a school paid for a law student to complete school, get his degree and get a job in NCA enforcement. So he can be a mole and report facts on what's going on in NCA enforcement. <laughs>
2: now and that's a snitch. I
3: said, yeah. I said, come on. No, no, no. He goes, I swear it's true. It happened. Wow. Okay. And I'd I'd heard this from that coach before. It wasn't like he just brought it out of the blue. And I said, okay. So, no, there was, you know, there was other stuff. One coach said off the cuff sort of, well, it's 80% in the SEC and 20% everywhere else. So, (laughs) 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 perpetuating a stereotype.
1: Yeah, right. (laughs) Uh, Is it possible, Dennis, to win consistently without bending a couple of rules here and there? Can you be 100% clean and be 100% good?
3: I, I, I think you can uh, because, you know, there, the NCA requires you to send in a list of uh, violations, self-reported violations every year. And it's not uncommon for schools to send in lists of hundreds. I think mm-hmm. one year at Ohio State in the midst of uh, tattoo gate that – they sent in a list the Columbus dispatch got a list of 236 violations. Now, a lot of them were making a phone call to a recruit five minutes past the deadline or something like that. But, you know, the stuff that's, that's thought out. Um, no, look, the Sunbelt and conference USA schools uh, are not capable of hundred dollar handshakes because those are two star recruits or, you know, there's, that it's not worth it. Why do it? Everybody's playing by the same rules. But I think at the top level, it's a little more prevalent because of the stakes. You know, $4 million contracts, championships, mm-hmm. uh, filling 100,000-seat stadiums. So, yeah, I think it's a little bit more than 10% in the Power Five.
2: Wow, that's amazing. Dennis dot CBSSports.com. Also, CBS Sports Network, he has become a, a television guru a, as well. Over at CBS Sports Network, uh, let's talk about—and I can't believe I'm going to say this—the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, now, I, I, you, you wrote that uh, they're, they're going to spend about three hundred million in the next three to five years on football renovation. Is that all on the strength of knocking off from High mater, mater, Texas last year?
3: Yeah, on the on the strength of beating one FBS team the last few years. No, this—I this, this happened this summer. It's really really weird how this happened. But the AD, uh, Shan Zenger came to a rooftop bar reception for the football coach, David Beatty, at happy hour and announced this. This wasn't a press conference. This is a meet and greet, have some beers and in, in Kansas City. And, and people lost their minds like, what? what are you talking about? Too many beers? <laughs> no, this is $300 million in stadium renovation and an in indoor over the next three to five years. The plans were supposed to come out in September. To me, this is an investment on just playing big-time football because whatever uh, you know, whatever college football looks like in the next 10 years, at the top level, Kansas wants to be part of it. Whether we call it the Power Five, whatever, I think this sends that message. Nothing official, but Kansas, if you remember in 2010 when Nebraska and Colorado left the Big 12, there was a the real possibility that Kansas, for the top five basketball teams, would have been playing sports in the Mountain West or Big East, uh, in the old Big East It's sponsored football. So th- th- that's what this is about.
1: Dennis Dada, CBSSports.com, and CBS Sports Network is with us here uh, on Geo and Jones. Uh, I just saw that there, the second installment of this coach survey is up, Dennis, and it's about overrated and underrated head coaches. Uh, and I'm disappointed that half the field wouldn't answer the overrated coach question are they scared of anonymously telling you that Jim Harbaugh is not that good of a coach
3: that was <laughs> that was coaches uh, you know I guess adhering to the code, they didn't want to rip their brethren and you know when we got the questions I wasn't surprised I said that's going to be a hard one underrated is going to be easy Bill Snyder what have you but when you're asked to, to stay overrated that's going to be tough but we did we did get quite a few responses we got a lot of Jim Harbaughs. we got some Lane Kiffins in fact I think I think Lane Kiffin tweeted last night or something. Uh, he reacted to the story and said, "It's nice to be seen in good company." <laughs>
2: <laughs> they said Lane Kiffin was overrated.
3: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's hard, hard to believe, right?
2: Well, you look at his, his uh, head coaching jobs, okay, but as an OC, uh, I think that's uh, you're hard pressed to label him him that.
3: I, I don't dis- Yeah, I don't disagree. I mean, three straight uh, SEC titles, three different quarterbacks. Uh, one of them a freshman SEC player of the year, another 50-year senior converted receiver running back, Blake Sims, who became Alabama's all-time total offense leader. I do not disagree.
2: And I, I don't know if I got your thoughts on the Hugh Freeze situation because we were both down at SEC media days when all that stuff happened. Uh, one, your take on, on uh, that deal with Houston, that now the, the lawsuit has been dismissed. It was in the wrong court. Apparently, mm-hmm. and so it'll be refiled in the correct jurisdiction. Uh, and you also have about ten to fifteen realistic candidates to replace Hugh Freeze as well. Yeah, I,
3: uh, it's, it's totally up in the air right now because I don't think you can really talk about viable candidates until we all dissect what the penalties are going to be. And it looks like this thing's going to be decided in in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, the penalties are going to be handed out in November. In the middle of the season, so that you know, obviously clears things up. Uh, but I, I think Matt Luke has the best chance for sitting toast because he's going to be in that thing every day. He can show what he can do. And look, if he goes, somehow goes eight and four. Uh, Shea Patterson's all in. He tweeted that the moment they uh, they self-imposed the bowl ban this year. The problem with that is, let's say Ole Miss is four and five at the beginning of November and the seniors are sitting there going, what are we playing for? You know, we're going to the NFL or, or whatever. And the bottom falls out. But I think Matt Luke, I, you know, I had, I had, uh, Les Miles up there as maybe a bridge coach. If they really get slammed, you know, and, and the job is toxic, uh, Les Miles would take it for, you know, two or three years to get it back on his feet, um, you know, to do it. I, I think Butch Jones might be a viable candidate. I don't think he's a bad coach. And nothing is going to happen in that league until Jimmy Sexton says it does. He's the super mm. agent who controls about half the coaches in that league.
2: What the hell are you doing? What's that? All oh, that noise you're making.
3: Oh, not, oh, I don't know. Nothing. I don't know.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, nothing. I don't this know. Is like your dad just
3: called
1: you. Nothing. Okay. <laughs> oh no, nothing. Nothing. That wasn't me.
3: Yeah, <laughs> well, I didn't mom, I'm just, I'm just reading the magazine, mom.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 Boy, come out of that bathroom. <laughs> oh, man. If only Ryan Jones
3: would ask that question.
2: Been there, done there. Yesterday.
1: Oh, man. Uh, all right. So, uh, Dennis, did you have any problem with Josh Rosen this week?
3: No. I, I had talked to him. Last year, I talked to him this year. He'd said many of the same things. I think people, people lost their minds when he said football and in, 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 in school don't mix. I think you have to read what he said and read the context. What he means is, you know, he had a class. He's a finance major, so, you know, he's not sociology or kinesiology or communications. He really – he's got a vision for his life. He was told last semester that he couldn't take that – one of his classes required for his degree – because it overlapped 30 minutes with practice and that really ticked him off you know really I can't you know you can't give me 30 minutes no um, so he took it in the summer with a six-week course he has told me there are players sleeping in the facility because they you know they can't make rent some months even with cost of attendance uh, and so that you know that's where he's coming from and, and and I believe him and I think he makes some valid points this goes on even at UCLA a lot of programs where kids look it's they we all know the the deal, you know, majoring in football. We've heard that before. Right. Um, I think that still goes on and I think that's what he's pointing out.
2: Hey, uh, Dennis, uh, Alabama, uh, of course, people point out all the analysts that uh, they have analysts in, in in quotes uh, because they have a a pretty hefty staff there that, that uh, helps uh, that, that football program, not just those guys on the field. Now, TCU they bring in Sonny Dykes former Cal coach of course and uh, he was let go and, and and he's an analyst for TCU are you gonna do you think we'll see more uh, organizations more teams go this route where they bring in former coaches and and place that analyst tag on them there therefore they have more eyes and ears to help with the football program
3: I do because as as Nick Saban has done it hardly costs anything
2: the mm-hmm. I mean, if, if
3: school is willing to do it. He's created, and I mean this in the best possible way, kind of a halfway house for fallen coaches. <laughs> uh, Mike Loxley, who was let go at New Mexico, is one of those guys now. He's co-offensive coordinator. We know about Steve Sarkeesian. Um, you know, Lane Kiffin has come in there. He wasn't an analyst, but he was hired after he'd been fired. Uh, and that's a great hire for uh, for uh, Gary Patterson at TCU. Yeah. Sonny Dykes is a great offensive mind. And I know at least at Alabama they're pay- they're paying those analysts twenty-eight thousand dollars. So I imagine it can't be much more at uh, at TCU.
2: And and that's a nice that's that's mailbox money considering those, these fired yeah. coaches are still getting paid from their former employers.
3: Yeah, I'm sure Cal's paying him a nice FD buyout, so he can he can afford the cost of living in, in Fort Worth. Yeah,
1: that's the American dream, huh? Have a nice job, get fired <laughs> from it, still get paid and just be able to do something for fun on the side mm-hmm. while you're getting those checks. Absolutely. That's amazing. Dennis, we've got to run. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. All
3: right, thanks, you. I-
0: we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof?